Right? So, do you lose time from work due to thinking? <laughs> is, is thinking making your home life unhappy? Do you think because you are shy with other people? <laughs> is, is thinking affecting your reputation? <laughs> Have you ever felt remorse after thinking? <laughs> During thinking? <laughs> after thinking? <laughs> And then the, the remorse is thought about. <laughs> Have you gotten into financial difficulties as a result of thinking? <laughs> Do you turn to lower companions and an inferior environment like TV when thinking? No, no, when thinking. <laughs> Do you turn to lower companions and an inferior environment when thinking? Does your thinking make you careless of your family's welfare? Has your ambition decreased since thinking? <laughs> You're a loser, it probably has. <laughs> Do you crave to think at a definite time daily? No. <laughs> Any time will do. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna think the next morning? <laughs> Does thinking cause you to have difficulty sleeping? Has your efficiency decreased since thinking? <laughs> Is thinking jeopardizing your job or business? Do you think to escape from worries or troubles? Yes. <laughs> Which produces more worries and troubles. <laughs> Do you think alone? <laughs> Always. <laughs> That's my favorite. Do you think alone? Only in public. <laughs> Have you ever had a complete, complete loss of memory as a result of thinking? <laughs> Has your physician ever treated you for thinking? <laughs> yeah, he's giving you pills to sleep and shit. And all the other pills they're giving you. It's mostly for thinking, isn't it? Why can't you sleep? The mental state's active, isn't it? Your body wants to shut down. It's fucking tired. The mental state's just getting warmed up. It wants to think all through the night. So what happens? We take pills to stop that and then we start having to think about the pills we're taking shouldn't I shouldn't I take pills and then if you try to get off to the pills the thinking gets stronger so you think I better get another pill and so on and so forth have you ever had has your physician ever treated you for thinking they should definitely do you think to build up your self confidence have you ever been to a hospital or institution on account of thinking? <laughs> if the problem resides in the mind, yes. You're basically here in milestone because of thinking. Really. We took suggestions from a failed system. And when I say you, I mean all of us. I'm just, I don't see any personal use. You. Yeah. We take suggestions from it all day, don't we? It's like the GPS that's in your car, outside your car, in your bedroom, in the bath with you. 
It's constantly going over the maps of yesterday and the future maps of tomorrow. And the maps you download today are fucking from 1948. It's fucking terrible. And yet we keep subscribing to the same GPS because we think it's us. You would not listen to Stanley's thoughts in your head. You wouldn't. No fucking way. If you had a little ticket tape thing and, st- and thoughts about Stanley were driving you crazy, you would turn it off in one minute. But because they're about you, you have an extreme interest in it. That's the bondage of self. The bondage of self is identification as a self. That's what makes everything that's about self so interesting. We think it's about us. That's why it says, you know, when the recovery starts working on it, we'll lose interest in our little plans and designs, and we'll gain interest in others. That's the healthy thing. That's what starts happening. All of these effects really just weaken the thought system. So that the thoughts will keep happening, but see, there's one, there's an event called conscious contact, and I have it a little different than the book implies. I think I believe consciousness is the one in contact all day. The seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching—they give it a name of consciousness. That's what's allowing everything to be noticed: is that you're awake, yeah, you're aware. Yeah. Not like little insects that don't even know you're going to step on them or you'll squeeze them to death with your little pinky but spiders are a little more aware you go near a spider and it senses you quicker some bugs are out to lunch you can just uh, 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 and they don't even know they're just thinking whatever and boop they're over because there's lack there's a lack of awareness they're not awake to what the situation they're in spiders are if you watch them especially those jumping spiders if you go like this they know they can sense you so consciousness is in contact here. That's what every day is like. The baseline of every human being's day here on this planet is consciousness and contact through five gates. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And then there's an interpretation of all those experiences by the mental condition. And so there's a sixth gate where there's a, you're conscious of thoughts. You hear them. And when you hear them, it's they usually have a sound that you register as yours. You think it's your voice that's talking to you. But really, if you look at it anatomically, it's coming out of these vocal cords. Where do these vocal cords become Paul's? Unless I'm identified as the body. Yeah? They're vocal cords. They're making noises, and then thoughts sort of mimic that, so it sounds like you. And that gets us keenly interested in what it's going to be about. If it sounded like Stanley, you would probably not be interested because you'd have a clear understanding, I'm not Stanley. It doesn't matter how many things were said about Stanley, you'd have an immunity to it because you are not Stanley. But we don't have an immunity to self because we're identified as self. Yeah? The freedom from self is not going to be as a self. That's all damage control. That's all getting a little better. That's all slow slogs of progress with a lot of backward steps. Yeah? Freedom is from self. If you can see that you're not a body that has a spiritual condition, you are a spiritual condition seemingly having a body. It's just putting the horse in front of the cart. See how it works. We've been living life with the cart in front of the horse, the body in front of the spirit, and therefore we think the spirit is something the body gets. Maybe see what would happen, just maybe entertain, 
maybe we're a spiritual condition, you know, having a body, let's say. And then maybe the emphasis would be on that, which you sorely need in this life. You would have it as a starting point. Yeah. So you would look at the mental state, not from the mental state, but from the spirit state. And you could see it. Yeah. Because as it says, you know, we have no mental defense against the first drink. We still don't have the mental defense against the first drink. That's where the problem resides, is in the mental state. We have to find it in another source. And that source that we're in now is not going to find the other source. It's going to make it's going to make up ideas about it. It's going to say I can become spiritual, but it will never surrender to being spiritual. The mental state will override the spirit state, claim it, and will say, I'm, it's, I'm spiritual now. That's not spirit. Spirit is an inherent condition, a prior condition, not added, not subtracted, not up, not down. It's always available at all times, right where we are, with no requirement necessary to meet it because we are it. Yeah? This truly, in a sense, is not a topic of study. Because here in this world, if you study mathematics, maybe you'll become a mathematician. But the point is, you cannot become what you already are. You are spirit. We are not in a process of becoming spirit. We are spirit. Yeah? And in a way, we're in a process of realizing we're not a body, basically. Does that mean the body goes away? No, the body keeps bodying. But now your seat of attention is shifted. You're now resting in what's worthy of rest. That's where peace is. That's where it says you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. It doesn't say you'll find peace of mind. Peace of mind is available. We're not just a joy. We can't find it because we're looking for it in the wrong way. We're looking for it from the failed system of self-centeredness. And the system's definition is perfectly defining what it is. It's self-centered. The whole thought system is centered on you as a body. Simple as that. And look at, I don't so humbly, I think most alcoholics, like they said, Carl Jung, a great psychiatrist, said that al- you know, alcoholism, or the drinking and using, is, is like a low-grade spiritual search. That's basically what we're trying to find. But the point is, the way we're trying to find it makes sure we never find it. Because it's the greatest way to hide what you are is to look for it all day. So for me, the mental 12 steps in the whole program are about a change that comes over me. It doesn't, it's not about me changing anything. It means I surrender, I admit that I'm powerless, that self cannot get out of self, and then something places me in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on my part. That to me is spirit. That to me is spirit and grace. Yes? I just, because of my un, I am not managerial quality, there was a sober assessment somehow that I finally got that this is not going to work the way I was going. And then I opened myself to practice simple program a day at a time. And, so, and for some reason or another, I have not gotten off the operating table and I have not assumed that I was the doctor. And things have gone well. Yeah? And allow AA and my, the whole... And AA is not a program. It's not like a one-hour church. It's a lifestyle. There's principles. We have 800 meetings a week. You know, a lot of things. 
there's all the and the greatest thing it offers us is service so that we can come out of our fucking selves so that we can get a feeling of what it's like not to be that which we're taking ourselves to be which is bigger and it feels fucking better and it doesn't doesn't need thought to validate itself or to incriminate itself you just feel okay Maybe it's only that little bit of time when you've stopped thinking about yourself and you're interested in another person, but that gives you an example of how it can be. You know? That little sample, you can, that can increase. Recovery progresses just like the disease progresses. Recovery isn't stagnant. The way you're feeling now about AA is not the way you'll be feeling about it in a year. Didn't you? I don't know if you guys do it, but here, we had, in, where I live, when you came in AA, they'd have you write, you know, not it wasn't a rule, but they'd have you write, what would you like after a year, you know? Or what would your wildest dreams be? And almost everyone, almost everyone after a year would read that, and they had considerably short-changed themselves to what actually had happened in that year, way beyond what they could have imagined. They were willing to give themselves a maybe an inch or two, but that power was willing to give you a fucking whole huge thing. That's the difference. That's the point. Yeah? The point is this power will demonstrate itself. And the only thing, the only appropriate thing for this seeming power to do is honor it. You know, because it's mind-boggling different than how I think. It, it's mind-boggling different of how I go towards things or how I retreat from things. It's totally a different way of living. And I'll tell you, I had a lot of the old way, and I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being that sick and tired. I'm sick and tired that everything has to be put off to another fucking day because you don't feel okay right now. What's telling you you don't feel okay? Is it your elbow, really? Is it your stomach, or is it your head? Your head, I'll tell you, man, that same voice that was talking in my head before I got sober is still talking now. It did not get sober. <laughs> the thought system did not get sober. It got restrained. <laughs> That's what's happened. It's talking the same old shit it did before. It doesn't have much weaponry anymore. And it doesn't have a huge budget. But it's still putting out the same advertising all day. Oh, it's going to be really bad. <laughs> if I don't do what? Well, I don't know, but it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be so bad there'll be nothing you can do so you might as well get fucking loaded okay there you have it now the jockey's on the back of the horse and you're being used for transportation <laughs> it's going to ride us and you think you're going to die <laughs> that would be your luck you're going to be limping and have abscesses and fucking you know five warrants, alimony, and you, you won't be, it's like you're a cockroach, you won't be able to get killed. You fucking have superhuman powers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the alcoholism doesn't want to lose its host. <laughs> it's having fun with you. It doesn't want you to die. <laughs> it wants to ride a little longer. It can't ride on its own, it needs us. How does it get permission to do what it does? It has to jack into the thought system. That's the only place we're really listening to anything, is it? We're not listening in our feet and our elbows. We're listening up here. This is basically like the communi communication central, is it? The 
we're hearing a lot, you want to call it here, which is to say it's in the head, that's where we're picking up our cues, isn't it? That's where it's all, all days are gone over. That's where all the big plans for you to be happy and joyous free are, are written up. That's where it all occurs. You know? The general's fucking insane. You can't get rid of it because you think it's you. So you're trying to fucking therapize it and socialize it. You have big hopes on maybe I won't flip out of the July 4th weekend or something, you know? Maybe I'll have a three-month relationship, something like that. I mean, I saw with me when I was, like, young, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Four years of active alcoholism, my idea of success was not to be arrested. That was it. That's all I was looking out for. Just don't get fucking picked up by the cops this week. I mean, all the dreams were just gone like that. Oh, it was a survival after that. That fast, really. And the heist is unbelievable because every time it's stealing you blind, you call it you. You catch it every day. It's in the silverware. And you catch it and you oh, oh me. <laughs> Come on in, me. Yes. Take, I, I'm sure you have a good plan for this. Take it. Take my compassion, me. Take my feeling of love. Oh, yeah, please. I know you'll use it for good. Go. Steal it, me, all day. <laughs> as long as you leave me looking good. Who gives a fuck if they feel shitty? If I look good, that's fine. It's insane, isn't it? Really, to me. Totally. You can't, but see, you can't know the problem. You can know the effects of the problem from the problem. You cannot know the problem like you can from the solution. The solution reveals what the problem is. And I'm humbly saying it, it is not you. Why does it say, I think in AA, the book, it says, we are a problem. We are, we are the problem. We're not people with problem. We are the problem. So if we are, see, like that statement in the beginning of the forward, it says, we are a hundred men and women who have seemingly recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. Now, seemingly means to, it appears to be true or false to us. And a lot of people read that sentence and they take the seemingly out. So it says, we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a, hopeless state of mind and body. There's no recovery from a hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah? But if it's seemingly, so therefore, it's beautiful. We are the problem until we see that we're not. And then seeing the problem, yeah? Seeing that we're not the problem, that's the solution. Yeah? So the problem is exactly where the solution is. When you're taking yourself and you're being led by thought, you're the problem. When you see, when you have some immunity of thought and you're more engaged in, let's say, what you call the spirit, that's the solution. And then from the solution, you know all about the problem. And all the thing the prob- all of the information of the problem distills into one thing. You're not that which is being thought about. The thoughts are not about you. They're about a you. When you buy it, now the thoughts are about you. The you gets coronated in a special fucking ceremony, me, and then you're in a world of terminal uniqueness. No one understands me. No one feels like I do. No one thinks like I do. It's like almost a mental cocoon of saran wrap. You, you think you're, you know, there, but you're not going anywhere. It's sucking you like those spiders do. You ever see it? They catch the fly. They don't have to eat it right away. They just spin it. And they go walk around, hang out, watch tube and everything. Then suck it, suck it dry. Sounds like us. Right now, you're building up strength. You go out, let's say, for milestone. You go out again, you'll be dried up like a prune. 
couple of weeks. <clears throat> the only way I saw real relief was when it was about the 10th year, 11th year of sobriety. I don't know what happened. Another download. And then I saw that word self, and it meant a foreign installment, a parasite, something other than what I am. And as soon as I got that, the next possibility was I can be free from it. And then I was on the right path to freedom because it's freedom from. And then all the, all the relief that I started to get started to stabilize and became a new normal condition. Instead of the irritability, restlessness, and discontent, it sort of flipped over to an ease and comfort and an ability to be okay in circumstances and situations. And it stabilized just as the irritability, restlessness, and discontent stabilized. stabilized. Now anxiety pops up here and there, does a big, like, fucking solar corolla, and then just goes back into the sun. But the norm is being chilled out. It's a much nicer way to travel. Yeah. And also, because now you're present, because you cannot... See, there's this whole, there's a whole industry for a while in self-help called getting into the moment. Yeah? It was a big thing. People wrote a lot of books about how to get into the moment. Like 200 pages, let's say. How to get into the moment. So you would read it, and they would give you all these little tips of how to get in the moment. But then you never usually would finish the book, but you'd order the second book, which, how, which was how to get really into the moment. Yeah? <laughs> you thought you should just go right to the advanced stage of really getting into the moment. So then you read some of that and try to get some of the principles. Then you go, no, I want how to really, really get into the moment. The whole thing about getting into a moment is based on an insane idea you could be out of a moment. Have you ever been out of any moment you've been in? <laughs> Really, you thought you were flipped out, but you still got arrested there. You didn't think you were at 405 Maple, but the police did, and you now you're in jail. Yeah? <laughs> I wasn't there, but they, a lot of people said you were there, and there you go. Yeah? You have never been out of any moment. Why would you try so hard to get into the moment? And you've got to see the self-logic. When it tries to get out of something, it reinforces the truth of it. What happens if you try to get out of an imaginary place? Nothing. And how, lo why, how long would it take to escape from an imaginary place? No time. That's the solution. The thing that's driving you crazy is driving you crazy because you call it you. If you can see that it's not you, it won't drive you crazy as much. And it will weaken over time when you stabilize. And then you'll be living the freedom from the bondage of self. Because the bondage of self is an activity that either you're complying with or you're not. And if you're not complying with it, then you'll have some freedom from it. If you're complying with it, you'll try to be free as it. Yeah? And the freedom will always be based on time and it will never be available right now. That's what it does. That's called the bondage of self. Well, it just gets me so sad with, with other alcoholics. It just flips me out. We are overmatched, unbelievably. You know, all your best qualities will be ground into fucking dust. This thing is a fucking heavy-duty takeover. 
you know, and maybe we get sober and we can get sober tons of times, but we can't seem to stay sober. And every time it comes back, it was worse. It was just like you never even stopped, isn't it? So many people who have returned to the meetings will tell you when they went back out, it was just like they had never stopped. It had been progressing the whole time. Yeah? I mean, this is like a club that if you leave, you may die. That's what happens. This is, in a sense, it's really serious business. But then, in a sense, if you take it too seriously, you'll be a fucking, you know, like your spiritual sphincter will be really tight. You, know? you need to fucking have a little looseness around things. Because I believe what we are looking for is what we are, and that's always available at all times. You just may be looking with the wrong pair of glasses. You know? This is what happened when I heard this message. This message gave me a new way or a new direction of how to see, and this and it worked finally. And then the logic of an insane system was revealed. When you're in the system, it seems very logical to be more worried about yesterday and more reminiscent of, uh, I mean, worried about tomorrow and reminiscing of yesterday than it is to be here now. Most people are right here now, and the dominant thought system is thinking about yesterday and tomorrow. We're like constantly displaced, and we can't be displaced, but we can seem to be fucking displaced. We're never at home to get the delivery. The presence is here. The grace is here. The power is here. If you're in the admittance of powerlessness, you'll have power. Simple as that. That's how power runs through us. It doesn't run through us because we're powerful. It runs through us because we admit we're powerless. And in that admittance, power is available. When we forget that admittance, power doesn't seem available when we're exerting power. That's the logic. Check it out. It just duplicates itself over and over again. That's how it works. You have things by giving it away. It's a whole different modality. Our thought system is on a very, very straight and narrow track. It only goes backwards and forwards. It thinks about the future and thinks about the past. It's very fucking limited. Yeah? This modality of spirit is very inclusive. It's a win-win situation, not a win-lose. Your glory isn't at the expense of another. It's like they say in The Course of Miracles, love extends. Yeah? That's what it's like. You travel differently. Your direction finder is set on a different course. Your north star is changed. And you'll see it. And when you're running with the horse in front of the cart, you'll see the huge gaps of the insane logic of the mental state. It makes no fucking sense that we are auctioning off today to tomorrow. That somehow we believe by withholding love, we'll have a lot of love when we meet that person who we love. But I'm going to withhold love every fucking day until the right package comes that I want. And then I'm going to just spring into action? No. This is, this is arthritic. You start withholding, you're going to be living in a withholding state. The mental state is not flexible. It's not a gymnast. It's a fucking arthritic old way of thought. It's frozen. It breaks. It's brittle. 
and it's scared fucking shit. It's agitated and it begets agitation. If your life is led by there, you're going to be at an unease, a dis, uh, discomfort, an irritability, and of course you're going to want some instantaneous relief. And what a better way to instantaneously relieve it is but shooting dope and drinking. It's fucking fast. But the problem is, 902 comes, and 903 comes, and 904 comes. Then the police come at 905. Then you got to go see the warrant officer at 906, on and on and on. That's not relief. That's slavery. So you're addicted. The thing has you... And it uses you for transportation. It used me for transportation. Then, very few people get to run over twice in one night. Very few people have what happens to us happen to them. <laughs> and usually, a one-time event someone would have that would, would be their most traumatic event of all their whole life is like weekly occurrences for us. <laughs> I mean, we've been shocked... You know, the mental state, it's using anxiety for yesterday and tomorrow to mimic the fear of now, and we're getting zapped every second. It's like we're getting a little electric shock, you know? Of course we're going to be fucking jittery when we go out on our first date, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're like, you know, we're just getting shocked constantly. We haven't had. We probably haven't haven't had. We haven't reacted to a real event in years. Probably it's been all imagined. It's like it, like Bill W says, we manufacture our own misery. We manufacture our own misery. Where is the factory for the misery? In your belly. It's in the head. That's where the manufacturing plant is. That's where the problem resides. Getting to the exact nature of the wrong. What the hell is it? Is it them, really? Is the exact nature of the wrong them? Is it the judge? Is it the ex-girlfriend? Is it that? Is it truly that, really? That that's the exact nature of the wrong? And what are the causes and conditions that it thrives in? What are the causes and conditions that the exact nature of the wrong thrives in? These things are important to know. I mean, this is a life or death thing we're in. Seriously. I mean, we see some people here, we may never see them again. I come here every year for seven years, and there's usually a whole new cast of characters with a couple of uh, regulars, you know? I must have seen thousands of faces in AA that I've never seen again. I mean, if they were... Somehow we're going to AA. Something must have gone off the rails. I can't imagine what happens when they go out. That thing is a driving force. And it resides in the head. And if you're sitting right now listening to it and thinking you know what's fucking going on, you don't. It's riding you like like a horse. 
It's going to use its little take on something to lead you out of some place that you really maybe need to stay. It's going to lead you into something. To It's going to lead you to its idea of surrender, which is fuck it, basically. That's the, surren- that's the mental state's idea of surrender, is fuck it. You have thought upon thought, they're doing me bad, this or that, and it leads you to, you know, it's like you go to work and you take one person's look at the water cooler and you start a story starts being made. Oh, they were looking as if they're going to fucking talk to me, to, about me to the boss. And then you see the person meet the boss at one in the afternoon. Now you're thinking there's an office conspiracy. You believe you'll be fired by five. So you don't, you're at two, you're going, fuck these people. And then you storm out at three o'clock and you do get fired. Yeah? The people were talking about the Yankees at the water cooler and their kid's birthday had nothing to do with you. But they had just made up a story, led you to fuck it. You followed it, and now you're up the, up the creek. It's like here. We're always entering the hallway of shit and fans. Really, literally. <laughs> the sign is obvious. It says hallway of shit and fans. But we don't tend to see it. We get inside of it, and then there's a real rude awakening. Fuck. As, because as soon as you went to the hallway of shit and fans, the hallway comes alive. Suddenly, the fans get turned on. And then the shit starts coming, and then your thing is, what? And then you dick. So what are you going to do? You can't see the exit, so all right, I'm going to get a fucking helmet with a visor that you can peel off, like 50 visors, so when the shit hits, I can rip it off. And then you think you're doing great, but you're still in the hallway of shit and fans. It's like you're running a, a gauntlet every day, you know, and you think, oh, I'm doing better than him. Oh, that's great. That's a great, you're still both of you are in the hallway of shit and fans. But I'm, I'm ahead of him. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic progress. But with the horse in front of the cart, you see the sign. You see the sign. You don't have to have all these esoteric, skillful means to make it better in the hallway of shin fans. You don't go in the hallway of shin fans. The thoughts go left, and you haven't gone left in like five years <laughs> or eight years. You know what I mean? It goes, look this way, you haven't looked that way in 15 years. You're not taking your cues from the thought system anymore. You're being led, not by thought, but by some other power. Yeah? And it's a much better, much more efficient system. It works. Yeah? I haven't been arrested in 28 years. I haven't been run over by anything. In 20 years, bicycle. It wasn't like progress. The last time I got over was bicycle. No, no progress. I haven't been run over at all. Yeah, it was just the problem doesn't exist for me in a lot of levels. What happened? I didn't really change. Something changed me. This wouldn't have changed if I didn't come into recovery. Recovery was the modality, the modus operandi that this was got changed. It had to get changed. If it, was, if it said, all right, Paul, go out and change yourself, I would have gotten high. That's how I knew how to change myself. It seemed like the fastest way, and I liked it. So, bam, I'd be cha- all right, I changed myself. Like they say, you're going to have to have a, a personality shift. I had personality shifts every day. As soon as I got drank, I had a personality shift. I'm a fucking expert of how to change my per- you know. That's not it. It's not, it's, it's how, what I'm directed. It's the directing of what I do, not the doing. It's what's directing me. Like it says in the big book, they have the story of, you know, the person will be virtuous and kind, but that's even self-centeredness, yeah? 
That's self-will. Because it's, it's, the direct, it's what's directing them. Is it the mental state? The mental state can be using a really good deed to fucking do a lot of shit with. You know what I mean? The mental state. But you, it's, this, it's the direction. It's just like the idea of faith. Faith is going to manifest by the vehicle person. Faith is just energy. It can go either way. If it's put into a thought system that's failed, it's going to produce tons of anxiety. You are really going to believe next week is more important than now. You will. And therefore, you'll serve next week, and you'll serve yesterday, and you'll be displaced here and now, seemingly. Because you're not, you're here, but you won't seem to be here. And if all the mental theirs become the here, you're going to want to get out of there, and you're going to want to escape. You're going to want to get high. If all the there's you're in are up in the head, you have you, there's no more here anymore for you. All the here's you're in is theirs. You're going to want to get fucking relief. Just stay in this program a day at a time. Let it work on you. And I'll tell you, you'll be better for it and others will be better for it. Yeah? And it's not going to be a chore. It's not going to be a drag. Do you believe when a newcomer comes in, I envy them? I envy that they can get loaded? Fuck, I can get loaded. I see, I see it as fucking shit. It's like slavery times ten. So, yeah. It turns a little bit bleak, eh? But it's, it's really an uplifting message. Because you're in the Holy Land now. Maybe not even knowing it. At this point, there are some people that started their sober lives in this facility and never haven't drank since. Yeah. I came in the first day of AA. I'd never left, 28 years. Never relapsed or nothing like that. Just been under its influence for all this time. And I'm the better for it. And the people that know me are the better for it. Yeah. How could that... that that's fucking really cool. And I have everything I was looking for, spending $500 on, I have it now. It's available to me. I'm as high as hell, usually, all day. And I, yeah, I can't be pulled over for it. Can't get arrested for it. And I don't have to kiss someone's ass to get it. <laughs> which is the best thing. Yeah, It's always available at all times, right where I am. We are awake. And then we have the pleasure to be awake to that fact, or we can be asleep to that fact. It doesn't change the fact. We're awake. Everyone here is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That's all you need as a demonstration of what's actually going on here. That's the baseline between all of us. The seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. What is that, that seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching? All the ideas we have of, of who we are are so different, yet the exact basis of life is the exact same in all of us. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, this touching. There's one subject looking out of all of these little camera locations. One, one event. Consciousness, experiencing. Yeah. Not Ben. Ben is the interface. Ben is the, is the vehicle, but what's seeing is not Ben. Have you seen a dead body you knew? Did you? I have. I've seen it, and I had a rude awakening looking at Uncle Fred. I knew it wasn't Uncle Fred. I knew it. You know, I was only nine years old. I had, there was no thought about it. I just looked at him, inert, 
And I said, that ain't Uncle Fred. It's just fucking obvious. So I was mistaking the spirit to the, for the body. I thought the body was the life, and it isn't life, yeah? Because I was thinking Paul is a body, not spirit. <coughs> So yeah, can't say much more. I don't know why. I like to usually go off, but I'm just 100% AA the last few days. <laughs> like you said, you know, you have to wait. You have to act yourself into good thinking. You can't think yourself into good actions. Yeah, just put your ass in seats. You know, follow some suggestions. Have a little inventory, see if it's working. My ability, I came to believe quick. To me, the step two was an observational step. I took, came into AA, I followed suggestions, and after about eight weeks, I looked at that and I realized I hadn't drank or used, which was the that was the longest ever. Yeah, I wasn't in jail, and then I observed that by following AA suggestions as they offered me at the first step that I had come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity because it had. I hadn't drank in eight weeks. It had, it had restored me concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink because I hadn't had a first drink. That's all I needed. Went right to the third step. And I entertained the idea. In hindsight, I realized why it's the way it is because if it was your life, you would, it would just ask you to surrender yeah? And there would be no more other steps. Then there'd be maybe step 11 and 12. Yeah? But because it isn't in our possession, our, what we're calling our life isn't in our possession. It's been taken over by alcoholism. So we need to have an intermediary. We need to bring in something that can neutralize the thing that has us by the throat so that we can re- be released and actually follow through on the third step. We can follow through on the decision. And the following through on the decision at the third step is by doing four through nine. Doing the workable steps. The workable steps diminishes the hold of the parasite enough so that you actually can actually list start living the third step. Yeah? So the benefits of the third step are many, but what it really stabilizes is after four through nine are done. Yeah? Because now you have power in your life. Now when you say you're going to go, you'll go. When you have a commitment, you'll keep the commitment. You'll be able to be true to your fucking word. Because you have power flowing through you now. Because of the admittance of powerlessness. You stay in humility is one of the biggest words in our program. Humility is in a sense that admittance of powerlessness. It allows that power to keep flowing in. Then you never experience powerlessness. Yeah? We're not in the outcome business. You just suit up and show up, let go of the outcome. We're not, it's, not our, it's not our job description to be in outcome businesses. So you just show, suit up and show up and see what happens. I've been living like that for 28 years. It hasn't been bad. I haven't seen one 7-Eleven attendee, attendant, in 28 years. 
I haven't gone to one of those cheap liquor stores in 28 years. I haven't gone to those bum bars in 28 years. I haven't had a stale peanut off a fucking bar in 28 years. I haven't thrown up and took a shit in a terrible sinkhole in the back in 28 years. I've, all my hotel rooms have had bathrooms. <laughs> so I didn't have to piss in the sink for 28 years. <laughs> it's been a huge upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to look good in orange, and I haven't been in orange in 28 years. <laughs> no more jumpsuits for me. <laughs> I don't like walking in line with people. <laughs> I haven't done that in 28 years. <laughs> I don't like eating with plastic utensils. <laughs> so, yeah. I really think that's it, I guess. If you want to stick around, I may do another talk tonight on the Course in Miracles, but it's not appropriate. So if you want to stick around, I'll do another talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. No, I never ate them either. I don't, I like cocaine. I need much. Yeah. Hey man, you're welcome. What's your name? Uh, Michael. Michael, yeah.